Episode 138, TJ Maxx and Marshalls doing nine things better than everyone else. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Right beside me, Jason Jennings. Great to see you, as always. Uh, hello, Dale. It's great to be back with you. And we're uh, today talking about this idea that uh, we're learning a lesson from TJ Maxx and Marshalls. But before we dive in, I'd like to remind folks that um, we're putting out a brand new episode every week, and we know that you are incredibly busy, and sometimes it's easy to forget, but we've made it super simple to stay up to date with the podcast all you have to do is subscribe and to subscribe just go to jason-jennings.com slash itunes that easy all you have to do subscribe right there and then this ends up on your podcast list every week with a fresh episode so we definitely encourage folks to do that and this is the game changers with Jason Jennings, who is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, reinvention, and speed and innovation. And he is the guy. So great to be with you. Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you. Uh, before we start today, and, and I'll explain why TJ Maxx was first and foremost in my mind and, and the lessons that I think everybody in business can learn from them. Uh, how long, for how long have I been calling out Uber? And uh, we even did an episode about uh, why Lyft is going to end up being so much more powerful than Uber one day. I mean, have the have the birds come home to roost or what? Man, every time I read a, uh, uh, a headline on the front page of the Wall Street Journal about the latest upheaval, I think back to that episode that we recorded and, and how we called them out early on. Uh, early on for a culture of toxicity. Now let me tell you what I believe might actually happen. Uh, Marissa Meyer, I mean, who, who basically tanked Yahoo. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's a highly accomplished CEO at, at all. I think she's a horrible CEO. And if it weren't for their accidental investment in Alibaba, she would have been fired within months of her arrival. And now what is she doing? Because now she's out of Yahoo. So of course, uh, she's around suck it up looking for a job. And so this week she was down at Stanford saying uh, at, a, at a leadership conference saying, you know, Uber's a great company. They're wonderful people. Uh, everybody's being unfair to Uber, and I'm going, suck, suck, suck up. I mean, she's looking for that CEO's job. I mean, so there's another com company that she could probably take off the rails and destroy. Uh, mark my words, somehow they're going to hire her, uh, and uh, and that'll be deja vu all over again. Really? You think so? I do. Oh, I do. Okay. So that's so that's my Uber update. All, all right. right. So, so let's talk about retail. Uh, uh, more and more forecasters are ta are talking about the fact that we are going to need somewhere between 25 and 40 percent less retail space in the next several years than we have right now. And if anybody goes out to malls, strip centers, I mean, you you just see it. I mean, you you see empty department stores being, uh, and most of them are, are just sitting empty. What in the heck are you going to do with one of these huge complexes? A couple of malls have successfully taken the department space, the department store space, and, and created medical offices out of it and uh, outpatient surgical centers and that type of thing. But I mean, how, how, how many of those can you use as well? Retail's in really bad, bad shape. 
I mean, there's just one bankruptcy a, a week after another. And then all of a sudden there's TJ Maxx. And, uh, I had an opportunity to speak, uh, to the leaders of TJ Maxx. And, and so I got to know the company quite well while doing that. And then uh, about a week ago, I picked up the wall street journal and gee whiz, uh, the wall street journal have got some great reporters and I really like Suzanne Kapner and, and she wrote a story uh, about TJ Maxx flying in the face of conventional wisdom. And I, I read the article. It was a front page article that continued on page 10 or 11. They devoted a lot of space to it. And I immediately uh, emailed a couple of friends of mine in retail the link. And I said, what she's just revealed unknowingly is the game plan for turning around retail. I mean, she just basically gave you the game plan, I mean, for this company. So so for people who are not familiar with Marshalls and TJ Maxx, uh, the company was founded as an off-price retailer back in the 1970s in Massachusetts. Uh, off-price means they sell goods at 20 to 60% less than regular retail price. Uh, listen to this. They average $322 a square foot in the sales versus Macy's and Kohl's, who average about 180 They turn their merchandise in 25 days one quarter of the time it takes Macy's, Nordstrom's, and Kohl's to turn their merchandise. And they've got 3,800 stores. Instead of contracting, they're actually adding uh, 300 stores this year. And they've increased their sales for the last 33 quarters. And I thought, wow, here are people who are doing something right. So between my experience with them and Suzanne Kapner's article about them, um, I, I laid out what I consider to be uh, the nine things that any retailer, in fact, any business uh, can do to follow TJ Maxx and Marshall's lead. So are you interested in uh, knowing what they do differently than other people? I was going to say, let's dive right into that list. All right. Well, the first thing that stuck out about me or stuck out to me uh, when I was working with the TJ Maxx Marshall's organization, getting ready to speak with them, is they truly love their people. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been around a more collegial group of people being hanging out in Florida with a thousand of them uh, than any other group. Uh, So they really love their people. They're committed to their people. They take care of their people. Lots of people have been there 20, 25, and 30 years. So I, I guess it's a given, but you and I are always talking about the cases where companies don't love their people and and they just see their people as commodities to, to help them get to a desired end. So, you know, if if you really want to be successful, love your people. Do I think Macy's loves their people? No, I don't. Do I think Kohl's loves their people? No, I'm sorry. I don't because you know what? Go into a Macy's, go into Kohl's. And if, and if they love their people, you know what would happen? Their people would love their customers and, and it doesn't happen. So therefore Ergo, I know that the big department store chains don't love their people. Number two, love your customers. That was also one of the other things that stuck out to me about the TJ Maxx and Marshall people is they're also customers of TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Uh, and, and so because they're customers and because they're loved by the people who run the company, they love their customers. That's number two. Number three, love being a merchant instead of being a buyer or instead of being in retail. I remember as a, as a kid growing up in the Midwest, we had a few uh, department stores in town, Lowenstein's department store, Levine's department store. Uh, uh, there, were, there were a couple of others as well. And what I remember about those fact is they were merchants. Do you know the difference between a merchant and a, and a retailer, Dale? 
I've been thinking about this. I always you hit you. I, I I always hit you with these questions. No, I know, and so, and and I re, I'm I don't know. I'll be honest. I just I don't know. So I'm I'm interested to hear the difference between a retailer and a merchant. Well, I think it's I think it's huge. Uh, a, a retailer sells stuff to people. That's what a retailer does. A retailer sells stuff to people, and they really don't have an emotional attachment to what they're selling. They'll sell anything that anybody is going to buy. That's we're in retail, or I'm a buyer for a retail organization. A merchant is somebody who loves the merchandise they sell. I mean, they just don't say the suits are over there. They say, oh, let me show you a suit that we picked up at the Merchandise Mart in Chicago. It's the greatest suit in the world. And, I mean, they handle it like it's the Shroud of Turin, I mean, that they're, that they're putting in front of you. Merchants love their merchandise. And they have no greater thrill than connecting their merchandise with customers who are going to use it and love it as well. And so – I think one of the big differences at TJ Maxx and, and, and at Marshalls is they are merchants as opposed to being retailers. Number four, what they do is uh, Marshalls and TJ Maxx have more than 1,000 buyers uh, who are always out looking for opportunities. And what they do is they empower their people to make decisions into the millions of dollars. At most other retailers around the country, I mean, getting a decision and getting to yes and getting to a contract is this long, laborious back and forth and months and months process. And I mean, by the time you get something in the store, the season might be over or I mean, it might be already be passe. Uh, they empower their people to make immediate million dollar decisions. What they have is they've got this 16 point checklist. So uh, what they do is they examine uh, the brand. Um, who is the brand? They examine the fashion, they examine the quality, and they examine the price. And then they rate each of those on a scale of one to four. And if they come up to 14, 15, or 16, they know that they're going to have an absolute winner. Number six, or number five, train your people. Uh, do you know that all the buyers at TJ Maxx and Marshalls are accompanied by a teacher, a mentor, for the first three years that they are a buyer or a merchant buyer, and they also attend TJ Maxx or TJX University. And then number six, I love this, what they do. I was in Nordstrom's a couple of weeks ago and I, I was looking for a 1636, uh, th 1637 uh, shirt. I've got, I've got long arms and I wasn't finding anything. And this guy said, well, let me go in the back room and look around. And so he leaves me abandoned. I mean, out, out there in the store, he's gone for like 20 minutes and he comes back and he says, no, we don't have any, but I can order one from another store and mail it to you. And I go, Buster, I want, you know, I want this shirt now. I don't want to mail to my house. I mean, a, a week from now, what do you, why have you got all this crap st stuck in the back of the store at TJ Maxx? They got a rule store to floor in 24. And so what happens is several times a week, the trucks pull up to TJ Maxx and Marshall stores. Everybody in the store jumps out. They're wheeling in racks and nothing goes in a back room. It's going out on the floor immediately. Number seven, they, there's a continuous stream of new stuff in very limited amounts. I mean, if you're buying so deep into a category, you keep walking back into stores. You know, I go into Macy's, I go into Nordstrom's, I go into Kohl's and I go, they got the same stuff here that they had three months ago or four months ago. I mean, it looks the same. When you go into a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls, it never looks the same twice because they have a continuous stream of new stuff coming in the door. They are not wedded to any category. For example, they might spend 20 or $30 million to buy 
Italian candles and put them in all of their stores. And when they're gone, they're gone. Next season, there might not be any candles because they didn't find an opportunity in candles. So it's almost an entertainment. That's why people go to their stores uh, three times as often as they go to a department store. And so they're not wedded to any category. And finally, they have no discounts or promotions. Stuff comes in. It's for sale. If it doesn't move, it goes to the clearance table. And that's it. So there's no other newspaper ads of 20% off or 40% off. I mean, they, they, they just don't do it. If you put those things together, uh, Dale, and I know you're not a retailer, but if you put those things together, it's just a playbook, I mean, f- for a way to run a retail organization. So with, so with all these retailers dying every place, here's TJ Maxx, Marshalls, doing extraordinarily well. Do you know that Ikea last year achieved 800 million customer visits? They've only got like 300 stores, but they had 800 million customer visits. Retail's dying? No, retail's not dying. Bad retailers are dying, and they probably deserve to die. Yeah, because the uh, the landscape is definitely changing, but there is a place for people who do it right. So I'm going to go through this list one more time. Is that all yep. right with you? Okay, yep, so yep, hey. uh, love your people when you love, love your people. Yeah, when you love your people, guess what? They're going to love your customers, right. which was number two. You're going to love being a merchant instead of a retailer. Merchants love the merchandise and love connecting their love to customers with that yeah. merchandise. And, that, you, and, then, and, that's, and that's huge. When's the last time you walked into a store any place and you felt that one of these snot-nosed uh, clerks, I mean, who are more busy with their iPhone, they, I mean, it's a pain in the butt to get them to help you. I mean, did you get the, did you get the love? Did you get the feeling that they can't wait to show you something and show you how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is and how fantastic you look in it? It's over. Yeah, absolutely. So you empower people to make decisions and cut deals on the spot. Uh, have a system in place to make this possible. Uh, they, they, uh, Jason talked about the one through four rating on, a, on 16 yep. different points. Train your people. I love the fact that the buyers are assigned a teacher for three years. That's an three investment. Years. That is an investment. Uh, store to floor in 24. So that means the merchandise hits the store and it's out on the floor. It doesn't end up in a back room where you're making people go back and look for it. Yeah, you don't have grandpa going back and getting lost looking for something for 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Continuous stream of new stuff in limited amounts. So you keep it fresh. You're not wedded to any category and no promotions or discounts is what it is. There's the price and you're known for being, you know, in this case, these, these guys are 20 to 60% less than regular price retailers. And so, uh, that pretty much sums it up right there. Uh, it does. And, uh, if any, if, if there's anybody watching or listening who hasn't been in a TJ Maxx or a Marshall store, I mean, it's, it's, it's as much fun as it is going to an Ikea store. It's just an incredible experience. And I guess there's the final word I'll leave you with. What's missing in retail today is the experience. It's dull, boring sameness in stores. There's no excitement. There's no enthusiasm on the part of the people or the show they're putting on for the customers. There's a show, a new show every day at TJ Maxx and Marshall's. Absolutely. Say, I'd like to uh, remind folks really quick that uh, we would appreciate it if you'd go to Facebook, interact with us there. Jason's there. I'm there. And all you have to do is go to jason-jennings.com slash Facebook and uh, would love to have you like the page there, stay on the page and interact with us there. Uh, any final words for us, Jason? Uh, yeah. Uh, just this week. I, I, uh, well, I, yes, I do have a final thought. I, um, I'm going to be doing a speech coming up in a couple of weeks in Chicago 
and uh, they had had a committee, and the committee was deciding which book to buy for every attendee and which one they wanted me to sign, and uh, everybody just loved uh, the reinventors. So if there's anybody uh, amongst our listeners and viewers who hasn't downloaded uh, or purchased the reinventors, gosh, it's a good book. And, and, and this past week, I had a chance to just pick up a copy of the reinventors and uh, go through it, and I, I got to one chapter, and I went, did I write that? I mean, there's some really good stuff in here. I mean, there really, really is. So, uh, yeah, make it make it one of your make make me one of your summer reads. There you go. All right, Jason Jennings, thank you so much. I'm going to uh, remind folks that you know Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to book Jason and arrange to have Jason at your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees and availability. Just check out the website. It's jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Follow the instructions. You can also uh, send an email right there from the website. We'd appreciate that. So this is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Make it a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.